It's really good to see you here this morning. You're not going to get a full-blown sermon this morning as normal. We're taking a break in James, and you're going to get more of a, a Christmas meditation. And I just want to summarize that. It's really, really complicated, but it goes like this. Here's the summary. Fear not. That's it. Fear not. Throughout the Bible, there, there are a lot of times that God calls his people to not be afraid. For example, in the book of Isaiah, he says, fear not, for I am with you. You'll even see Jesus trying to calm the fear of his disciples in the book of Luke. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's like we need these calming reassurances because the default mode of the human heart tends to be one of fear. Fear can reign for a variety of reasons. There's maybe a lot of, a lot of things going on in this world that make you afraid, you know, mass shootings, war. I mean, it's 11 months away, but some of you are scared to death of the upcoming election. Diseases, pollution, contagious diseases that are, you think you're going to catch maybe this time of year or throughout the winter, reckless drivers. And there's also this personal fears where some of you are, are afraid to get married. Anybody? I used to be me. I used to be afraid to get married. Uh, some of you are afraid to get married, but you're afraid to be single. All right? So that doesn't work out too well. Um, some of you are afraid your marriage won't get fixed, afraid your kids will go astray, afraid you may lose your job or never get it, afraid you're not going to have enough money, afraid of not getting into school once you finally get into school, you're afraid you're going to do poorly in school, you're freaking out about your grades, you're afraid for your health, you're afraid of what may happen after you die. There's a lot of reasons why we're afraid. And I have not escaped this fear issue. A couple months ago, I was sharing with a friend all the struggles and challenges I was having in my life. And he, he stopped me and he said this to me. I hear a lot of fear. And he was right. And I wasn't able to, to sum up my fears until recently, but I think this, this kind of just sums up my fears. My number one fear, if I could sum it up, is that I fear that life may collapse on me. That's pretty much my fear right there, that life may collapse on me, that everything eventually would just fall apart. And I was telling him this. He said to me, when was the last time you weren't afraid? And I thought about it, and in all honesty, I could not remember the last time I wasn't afraid. And so I ask you, for those of you who are fearful, when was the last time you were not afraid? It's amazing that we can be believers in Jesus, filled with the Spirit, and afraid. And yet, God doesn't want us to be afraid. It, it, you know, it's, it's been debated whether um, fear not is probably the most repeated command in the entire Bible. God really doesn't want his children to be afraid. So I'm hopefully going to encourage you this morning to not be afraid. And one of the reasons, I think the main reason... We should not be afraid. Now, I'm going to be kind of wordy here. Let me be a little preachery here. 
one of the main reasons you shouldn't be afraid. I'm going to give you a mouthful, okay? It goes like this. There should be no room for crippling fear in the life of a believer because of Jesus' miraculous birth, perfect life, substitutionary death, glorious resurrection, sovereign reign, ongoing presence, and imminent return. Don't try to write that down. I'm going to give you a summary version, okay? There should be no room for fear in the life of the believer because of, you ready for it? Here's a summary. Because of Jesus. That's easier. Jesus. Just write that down. Jesus. And this morning, you know, I'm not going to shame you for being afraid. I'm not going to rebuke you harshly for being afraid. But I really want you to know you do not have to live with paralyzing fear because you can find true help in Jesus. Maybe this will help. There's a true-to-life TV show. It's called The Walking Dead. It's a true story. And um, it's about the world overrun with zombies. And on the most recent episode, a mom is talking to her 10-year-old son. And the son's about to face all these zombies. And the mom says, I know you're afraid, but pretend to be brave. God's not saying that to you. I know you're afraid, but pretend to be brave. Fake it until you can make it. That's not what God's saying. God is not calling you to pretend, but to look to Jesus and find your fears subside. And one of the ways we're going to do that, it's going to be a little fun this morning. Uh, I, I rarely preach like this. I would just preach through books of the Bible. So we're going to do a little topical thing here. Uh, I, I thought it'd be really cool to look at some events surrounding the birth of Jesus. In fact, we're going to look at four times surrounding the birth of Christ, four times where an angel shows up and says, fear not. You know the stories, right? And every time I, I read that, uh, the, the angel shows up and he says, fear not. And I think the reason why I always thought he said fear not, because if an angel showed up to me, I'd be freaking out. I'd be afraid and fear not might help. But I've, I've learned to discover that the angel's just not saying fear not because he's an angel and they're not, but he's saying fear not because there are other events going on in the life of that person that could cause a lot of fear. And the message is, fear not. So look, let's look at these four encounters. I mean, I'm just going to breeze by these. I'm going to hopefully have some of the, most of the scriptures up here so you don't have to look them up. But let's just look at the four encounters. We're going to look at Zechariah, Joseph, Mary, and the shepherds. So just really quick, uh, let's start with Zechariah. Right? Uh, Zechariah, an angel appeared to him. He's the priest. He was serving in the temple. And when the angel showed up, the Bible tells us a fear fell upon him. Luke 1.13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Mixed with the fear of encountering an angel, we could also suppose that Zechariah had two other fears. One of his fears was the oppression of Israel under Roman rule. Another one of his fears is that he and his wife were childless. And those are probably two of his main prayers. Some of you can relate. Maybe you're trying to have a child 
Uh, it's pretty, pretty fearful, and you're wondering, will this ever happen? And so there's, there's some fear going on with Zechariah. Yet the angel bombards him with hope that God had heard his prayers, not only for a child, but also for the salvation of Israel. And I don't know if you know the story, but Zechariah is to be the father of John the Baptist, who would pave the way for Jesus and redeem people from the oppression of sin. Fear not. What about Mary? Remember when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and gave her a lofty greeting that troubled her? Gabriel says in Luke 1, 30-33, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. There is much to be feel fearful for here. This is quite a heavy prophecy for this uh, teenager. She is unwed, and she is a virgin, and she is pregnant. Not only is she going to have a virgin birth, but her child was going to be the son of God, who would be the Messiah to rule forever. <laughs> That's a little scary. And the command is, fear not. Well, what about Joseph? An angel appeared to Joseph in his dreams to calm his fears about taking Mary as his wife, even though she was pregnant. Matthew 1, 20 through 21. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Talk about fear. Soon-to-be wife is pregnant, and you're trying to figure out how to get out of the engagement. The angel calms him down and explains how it's all part of the plan about Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. Fear not. And lastly, with the shepherds. Remember this, around the time of the birth of Jesus, some shepherds were out in the field, and an angel appeared to them, and the Bible tells us they were very afraid. Luke 2, 10 through 11. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. (laughs) There it is again. Do not be afraid. Fear not. This is good news. This is not the bad news that you're used to. This is good news. The Savior, the Messiah, who is Christ the Lord, has been born. Fear not. All of these people, Zechariah, Joseph, Mary, all of them during the time of Jesus' birth were told, fear not. And that command makes sense. Not because of Jesus' miraculous birth, but Jesus would go on to live a perfect life and he would die this substitutionary death and he would raise and he would reign in glory and he would be with people forever until they wait for a second coming. And so from our standpoint in 2015, it makes sense for Zechariah not to be afraid. 
Doesn't it make sense to you? It makes sense to you, now that you know the whole story, that Joseph should not be afraid. Does that make sense? It makes sense that Mary should not be afraid. It makes sense the shepherds, don't, what are you scared of? You don't need to be afraid. This is not bad news. This, this is good news. That makes sense. We can look at history and we can say to those people, if we could see them, you know, 2,000 years ago, hey, you know what? You don't really need to be afraid. It makes sense. We've seen the end game. We know where this is going. You don't need to fear. If they don't need to be afraid, how much more do you not need to be afraid? You've already seen the miraculous birth. You know Jesus' perfect life. You know about his death on the cross for sinners. You know about the burial and the resurrection. You know that he is reigning at the right hand of the Father. You've experienced his presence in your life. And now you're just waiting for his second coming. If it makes sense for all of those people who knew very little not to be afraid, how much more does it make sense for you not to be afraid? That just makes sense. Fear not. Rather than fear, you should have a life of trust and dependence. God worked out all that in history, and you know it. And he's in your life now. And it makes sense for you not to fear, but rather to trust him. If he can work out your salvation, how much more can he work in your life until he comes back? So I've been thinking about this fear, even though it makes sense to not be afraid there are times we're still just afraid. We just feel it. There are times where we, we don't trust. And we're just scared. And so I, as, I, as I kind of wrap things up here, I was thinking about, what, I want to think about what causes you the most fear. And, and I, I kind of, I think it came up with the top three. And if these are not the top three, then you can just create your own. But I think I came up with the top three fears within the congregation of Evanston Bible Fellowship. All right? Top three fears are... Fear of death, fear of people, and probably the number one fear for most of you is fear of the future. Any amens there? Yeah. Fear of death, fear of people, fear of the future. So if it makes sense for all those people in the past to not be afraid because of what we've seen, then I want to say, hey, it makes sense for you not to fear any of those things I just named. And I'm just going to walk through each one of them real, real quick. Are you okay with that? So let's, let's just take the, the fear of death. Many of us have a fear of death. Some of you may be enslaved about your own death and what happens after that. And we know the gospel truth is that through Jesus' death and resurrection, death and Satan have been conquered. In the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, it says that since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those through fear of death who were subject to lifelong slavery. So check this out. Those who have put their faith in Jesus should no longer fear death because when you die, you're not going to face the wrath of God. Satan has no authority over you, and death is not final separation from God. Because we believe that Jesus came to save us from sin through his substitutionary death. And by what we mean by substitutionary is that uh, God's wrath was on him on the cross instead of on you for eternity. He faced wrath in our place. So there is no fear of death and there is no fear of separation from God. Because when you die, there is this eternal uh, welcome. 
So I'm not just trying to say, hey, guess what? Uh, don't be scared because you have eternal life. But, but I'm really telling you, even right now, 2015, you do not have to live in fear of death. And you don't have to be enslaved to the fear of death. Because Jesus has freed you. And I'm just going to kind of tell you what I do in my life uh, when I start to be scared of dying. And I'm not talking about just how I'm going to die and what that's going to look like. I'm talking about death and what comes next. If I find myself being fearful of that, I'm going to just tell you what I do, and I would suggest you do, it the, same, do the same. When I fear death, I walk myself through the gospel. I walk myself through the gospel. When I die and face God, the judge... Am I going to be accepted by him because I've been a good person? No. Walk myself through the gospel. I'll be accepted through faith in Jesus who was perfect in my place. And so the Father is going to welcome me and welcome all those who have faith in Jesus. There will be no wrath. And so if you fear death, walk yourself through the gospel. When you die and you face God, you'll be accepted based upon Jesus and what he did in your place. God loves you. He is for you. You are safe in Christ through faith, and God will welcome you in Christ. If you are afraid of death, walk yourself through the gospel. Well, maybe some of you are not not afraid of death. You got that one taken care of. Uh, But some of you fear people. You fear what is commonly called the, the fear of man. Perhaps you're afraid of their judgment, what they may say about you or do to you. And sometimes, don't agree, sometimes you can be so afraid of other people, it could be crippling. It's like you, you just, you're just crippled by it. And so there's lots of verses in the Bible about not being afraid of other people. But the main gist is, is, goes something like this. I'm going to kind of summarize all the verses, then I'll give you a few. The, the summary is this. Hey, God's with you. He's for you. Only God's judgment matters. Only his view of you really matters. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. God's view is the ultimate view. If people are against you, I'm sorry that's happening to you, but God's viewpoint of you is all that matters. Here's some scripture. Hebrews 13, 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Some of you may push back and say, what can man do to me? Excuse me, man can kill me, right? But the the issue is, okay, what can man ultimately do to you? Consider what Jesus says in Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell, (laughs) So those in Christ, we're not going to face hell, but eternal acceptance in heaven. So ultimately, there's nothing that anyone on this earth can do to us that is ultimately fatal because we're in Christ. And a great passage in Romans, Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's not that people can't be against us, but who of consequence compared to God matters? So I want you to think about that person in your life right now. Who is the person in your life that causes you the most fear? For me, I'm just going to tell you, the person that causes me the most fear are um, the people, it's, it's ongoing bullies. 
When I was a child, I was bullied. I really was. Um, in third grade, I've said this before, in third grade, any third graders out there? In third grade, I missed 53 days of school because I was scared. I was just scared of the bullies. I'd fake sick, stay at home. Seventh grade, terrible year of bullying. All the way even to my senior year where I had a threat on my life. But now I'm the pastor. Don't mess with me. (laughs) No, no. People still mess with the pastor. I still encounter bullies. And when I encounter them, I don't know, it's it's so weird. I have this response of fear. It's like I am a 44-year-old third grader. The same fear I felt in third grade, I feel at 44. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Have I not gotten over this? Those fears often stick with us, the fear of other people. And I think we got to keep reminding ourselves, okay, God's with you. God's for you. His judgment is the only one that matters. His viewpoint of you is what matters. He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. Fear not people. And lastly, one of the most common fears that we face, probably all of us from time to time, is fear of the future, what's going to happen next in your life. Some of you, I bet some of you right now are just anxious thinking about your future, of what's going to happen next. What are you going to do maybe when you graduate? Uh, You're anxious about your job, your relationships, your health. There's so many things that you can be anxious and fearful for. But remember, Jesus, he's Lord. He's sovereign and control of your life. And I want to tell you that through all the good and the bad and the ugly, there's been an orchestration of God's sovereignty to bring you right to this spot where you're at right now. And he gives encouraging words to you that he gave to his first disciples. They go like this, Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. He also says in Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So instead of fear and anxiety... You're supposed to seek the Lord. Remember, you know, you know this, Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I just really want to press this home to you. Can I, can I give you one more? Let me give you one more. Press this home to you, Matthew 10. Jesus says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. Therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. If God is in control of insignificant sparrows sold for a penny and oversees their death, then how much more does he care for you? Don't be afraid for your life that the same God who knows your hair count and values you and directs your life for your good, for his glory. Fear not the future. A friend of ours from our days in L.A. 
um, recently told everyone on Facebook, she said that they will notice some changes to her Facebook page. Number one change, she said that her last name will change back to her maiden name. Number two, her status will change from married to single. And number three, her location will be changing from California to Arizona. She's newly divorced and facing one of the toughest times in her life. And there could be great cause of fear in her for her future. But she ends by saying that her eyes are on Jesus and his healing grace. And I want to make sure you get this. A removal of fear is not a removal of pain. A removal of fear is not a removal of problems. But that fear can be replaced with faith and trust in God who loves you and values you in Christ. That's what we want to spread among us in our church. We want this this grace to spread that God values you and loves you. You do not need to be afraid. You can trust him. He's in control. He's sovereign. You don't need to fear people. You don't need to fear the future. You don't need to fear death. The answer is Jesus. There's a couple in our, our congregation who started out this past year, 2015, with a special motto. It's called No Fear New Year. Do we have that? that no Fear New Year? Yeah, there it is. No Fear New Year. This is actually on the refrigerator. I begged them to take a picture of the refrigerator and send it to me. Uh, this is their motto that they launched into the new year. But um, throughout this past year, that couple has faced some pretty serious unknowns on whether or not a job would continue. In addition, they face some very serious health issues. It's not that the truth wipes out all the hard stuff in your life, but it's a, a place of deep trust that casts out fear. Not telling you to fake it, not telling you to pretend, but telling you when the fear comes up, really, you really have to be intentional about turning your eyes to Jesus. When the fear rises up from other people or death or pain, you really have to turn your eyes to Christ and rehearse the gospel. Jesus born, perfect, lived a perfect life for me, died on the cross. He really did die in history. He really rose again. I put my faith in him. I'm forgiven. He is now at the right hand of the Father, and yet he says he is with me always till the end of the age. You keep rehearsing these truths with your eyes on Jesus, and now it really does make sense that we should not fear. Let's pray. Father, I just praise you for your grace and your love, and I pray for my brothers and sisters who are fearful right now. They're going through a variety of issues in their life. I just ask that you would give them your grace and your comfort. Those who are facing an unknown future, some people are waiting for some applications, school to come through, a job to come through, some relationship to get fixed, test results to get back. I just ask them, you just let them know that you're, you're Jesus, you're, you're, you're Lord, you're in control. 
and those who are having conflicts with other and they're fearing other people, let them know that only your opinion matters and you value them. Lord, may we find our rest in you for this life and for eternal life in a way that we are not fretful children, but those filled with faith and trust that you love us. In your name we pray, amen.